Welcome to Climb Your Mountain, the only podcast that teaches you how to use coaching, neuroscience, and mindfulness to overcome life's challenges. I'm Sarah Maurer, a certified life and performance coach, breathwork facilitator, and trance geek. Each week, I show you how to change your brain fast for good and without struggle. Whether you're training to climb an actual mountain, building a business, dating, or planning a fucking rebellion, these tools will help. Listen and learn so you can enjoy more of what you want. Happiness, fun, connection, creativity, courage, and the occasional mountaintop moment. Ready? Let's do this. Hi, y'all. It's the day before Thanksgiving, so I actually saw that one of my teachers was doing a presentation with this exact same title, How Not to Kill Your Family This Thanksgiving. And I was just so enamored with it. I was like, what if I just steal that from her? Because that's so good. That's actually a presentation, or in this case, a podcast that I definitely want to listen to. Um, So that's what we're talking about today. Before we dive in, I just wanted to share a little update from the last podcast, the one where I was talking about money troubles and money healing, and that I was just getting hammered with a lot of financial difficulties all at once, and that I realized that one of the things I had to learn was just to loosen my grip around money, maybe like let some of that money go that I was like fighting so hard to keep people from taking it from me. So I did a really, really deep study around that. And then after, like went through my Trello board, just deleted all the cards that were tasks where I had to like go and fight someone for money or write a bad review because someone's trying to take my money, a bad online review, like a Google review or a Yelp review, for example, or, you know, call this person and tell them, you're going to report them to the Better Business Bureau. I just like deleted all that stuff. And anywhere else, I was being really controlling with money. I had this card where it's like, well, I have to make a better budget because I'm clearly you know, going to have to save some money from all these things that are happening. So deleted all that. It felt so good. It felt so light. It felt like such a change on a cellular, cellular level to really just let all that stuff go. And I actually did a little ritual to release some of these money worries that I talk about in that podcast. So if you haven't listened to it, definitely check it out. It's such a juicy one. But here's where it gets really weird. Because <laughs> the day after I released all of that and just let it go and was feeling just so light and just so much happier and just like almost like I was moving lighter in my body. Like I felt different on a cellular level. I get an email And it's the home care company that was like fighting with me and trying to send me to collections. And they had actually yanked like $1,800 out of my mom's account that I needed to pay her bills. I got an email and they apologized for doing that. And they put me on a payment plan that was like so much more reasonable. And I was like, what? (laughs) I had totally like given up on. I was like, well, we're just going to have to deal with that money going away before I'm ready. And now it's back. And I just was amazed. And then this is really weird, too. Um, I know one thing, if you are in any way self-employed or don't get your health insurance through work, if you're buying it yourself, if you're buying it on an exchange, 
you know that health insurance, like buying your own is fucking expensive and you can get subsidies. But I had always thought like, I'm at the point where I I don't get any subsidy. I just make not a ton of money, but too much money to get a subsidy. The cutoff is different in different states, but in Colorado, it's pretty low. So I was like, yep, paying $400 a month for this damn insurance with a $9,000 deductible. Welcome to life in America. And I've always kind of had these crazy fantasies about, I just need to move to Costa Rica and get on their insurance, which is actually possible to do. And they have like single payer and it's, I've actually used their health system in Costa Rica. It's really, really good. But anyway, (laughs) it's going to be a while before I can move there. I have like family things that demand me to be in the States for the next several years anyway. So yeah, this insurance thing was just making me crazy. And then my new insurance broker, who had helped me when I lost my insurance during all those financial troubles in October, November, we actually had our meeting today where we went over all my insurance stuff and kind of talked about what would be the best plan for me going forward. And he was actually logged into my exchange account and he was like, whoa, there's something weird here that's probably keeping you from getting a subsidy. So he fixed it and he's like, let me run your numbers again. And I actually got like a $200 a month subsidy. So now my insurance that was more than like $400 a month is now like less than $200 a month, which blows my mind. It just feels amazing, like this windfall of money. So I don't know, the law of release, maybe there's something to it. I didn't even expect like anything to come back this fast, but here you go. It actually really works. So now it's kind of funny. I'm like, where else am I holding on to money? Like what else could I I release and how can I release money with more joy? I think I'm going to pay some bills today and actually like get in a really good mood and do like a, a loving ceremony before I pay all my bills and just see what happens. It can't hurt, right? Anyway, let's talk about Thanksgiving with your family and how not to kill them. I know for a lot of you, this is just such a huge thing. I mean, we love our families, but It's true that just getting together with extended family often is kind of, it feels like a trial by fire sometimes. And I mean, I'm right there with you. I am kind of a spiritual hippie Colorado person that loves weed and tarot cards and all that stuff. And I'm a vegetarian and I have this Midwestern family. I'm from Ohio and it's so funny to like go back and hang out with them because they, I don't know, my family's actually very sweet. Like they don't pick on me all that much, but they're, they're also just kind of like, what the hell? <laughs> we don't know what to do with this girl. So They don't pick on me for a lot of things, but some of the things that over the years I've gotten shit for are not being married, not having kids, eating healthy, which just seems like a strange thing to pick on someone for until you really like meet my family and see what they eat. They're like, oh, you're so snotty with your whole foods and your healthy foods. And why won't you eat our Twinkies with us? Um, It's kind of like that. Um, There's a lot of alcohol issues in my family. So there's a lot of people that don't drink. And I do drink, even though I think my family realizes was an overdrinker for a long time. So sometimes there's some judgment around that. I get some comments. Um, that's pretty common. Uh, one that's kind of funny, not being Christian. Um, 
My family in general is not super, super religious, but there are a couple people. Um, and they're all people that kind of came into the family. When I was an adult, I didn't know them growing up. So aunts and uncles, remarried, people who were quite religious. And <clears throat> actually, will use the holidays to talk to me about my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and do I know him? And it's kind of funny because I'm actually an XV. I was actually a former, I'm actually a former evangelical briefly as a child and then as a teenager and an adult by my own choice and then eventually ended up leaving that behind for good in my 20s. But because of that and because, you know, I don't do anything half-assed, like when I was a practicing Christian, I was like really good with doctrine and understanding the Bible and reading a lot. So Anyone that wants to talk to me about religious stuff does not know what they're getting into because I actually know usually more than that person when it comes to what the Bible actually says about things like abortion and the earth and things like that. So it's kind of, I actually kind of enjoy that one a little bit when someone tries to like (laughs) come and preach to me. They don't know what they're getting into, the bear they're poking. And then, yeah, like, like being from Ohio, having relatives of a certain age. Yeah, the racism thing does come up. Um, The thing I remember, (laughs) one of my favorite memories, one of my not favorite memories, actually, I don't know, that came out very wrong. But um, yeah, my cousin and I were sitting and watching football on Thanksgiving. And I can't remember who was playing. I think it was Dominique Rogers Cromarty. He has the really long hyphenated last name. And I remember saying something to my cousin. I'm like, ah, he used to play for the Broncos. He's a really good player. And did you know he has the longest name on the NFL? They actually had to make a special machine or something to put it on the back of his jersey because Rogers Cromarty is a really long name. And then, like, my uncle is hearing us talk and is like, all these black people are so uppity with their hyphenated names. And I'm just like, what the fuck? I'm like, you don't think like white people have hyphenated names. You think like having a hyphenated name like means anything about your ego other than for whatever reason, you just wanted to have both family names. Like what the hell? (laughs) So I don't know. That's like welcome to life with my family. So anyway, just and you probably have your own things that you could if we could have like a powwow here on the podcast, we probably all have so many like funny and maybe not so funny, like things that come up at Thanksgiving that cause us a little bit of discomfort. So how do you get through Thanksgiving without killing your family? First, let's let's talk about what most people think the problem is. Most people think the problem is actually their family. They think, you know, my family is annoying. They have bad social skills. They're racists. They're unenlightened. They're rude. They're weird. They're judgmental. They're too religious. They're backward. They're from the wrong. I always like pick on Ohio. Like I'm like, they're from the wrong state. (laughs) So we kind of think it's actually our family that's the problem and what they're doing. And often when we believe that, our solution 
is to try to control them. Maybe we'll shame them when they say something that maybe pokes one of our wounds. We might threaten to leave if they don't, you know, stop saying certain things or respect our boundaries. We might fight with them, say something mean back. Um, And like often, (laughs) I could have had this belief for a long time that I could not make it through Thanksgiving without wine, even though a lot of my relatives don't drink and they don't like serve it at the table. I would bring my own bottle over because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just can't (laughs) make it through family time without like some wine. That just seems so impossible. So yeah, you might buffer with alcohol, um, weed, some substance so that you don't have to feel so many feelings around your family, especially if those feelings tend to be like really painful. Um, And why this approach doesn't work It's because we fundamentally can't control or change other people. So when we're focused on how we're reacting, we're trying to get them to change, we're trying to say something to make them be different or like tell them something that will change their mind. We're not focused on how we're being, which is actually way more important in that situation, We're maybe missing out on growth opportunities. A lot of times, I'm going to talk in a minute about how family is just like one of the best mirrors for your healing that you could possibly have. And also, if we're trying to numb feelings, uh, that almost always has consequences later. Maybe it actually like works and feels good in the moment to drink some alcohol or drink a whole bottle of wine if your family is really annoying you or just really painful for you to be around. And then like the next morning, you have a hangover <laughs> and you're still mad at your family, but now you feel like shit. So, and it's just just like a really horrible situation that's compounded itself. And another thing, I think. I think this is really interesting. I'll just kind of throw this out here. I feel like this could be a whole nother podcast episode that we could talk about. Um, I actually learned about this in the context of caregiving and just kind of exploring as an adult child that's taking care of my aging parent and taking on a lot of responsibility for that person. One question I really found myself asking a lot is like, what's my responsibility to family? What's my responsibility to my parents? And Um, one person that really kind of helped me answer that question for myself in a way that felt really, really honest and aligned. And like, I was like, yeah, I really like feel like this is feels true to me, was a modern day philosopher. Her name is Claudia Mills. She's actually is or was a professor up at UC Boulder, so kind of near me. And she talks a lot in her work. I'm not sure if this was originally her idea, but she's the one that I hear saying it the most eloquently, that there actually is like an intrinsic good in staying connected to your unchosen family. Not because they deserve it, not because they're always perfect, not because they're nice to you, but because, yeah, um, as life gets longer, these are some of the very few people who have kind of like witnessed your evolution all the way through. They always remember the way you were and... Yeah, they're always connected to you, even if the thin is like really thin and frayed. There's always a connection that you just can't completely lose. And maybe you don't want to because there's actually a lot of good in just maintaining some connection to your unchosen family. So, yeah, like whenever we're fighting with them and numbing them out and shaming them, we're not necessarily 
you know, staying connected to the people that are connected to us in ways that are impossible to break. So I think that's kind of an interesting thought too. You might not 100% agree with that, but if it's useful, take it and run with it. So now that we know what we don't want to do, let's talk about what might work better. So we think whenever we're having difficulty at Thanksgiving, feeling pain around our family, they're saying things that hurt, they're kind of poking our wounds, they're annoying us, whatever it is, they're judging us. We think the problem is our family when really the problem is us. The family is not bothering us. We are bothering ourselves. And a way to think of it is that our family is actually a mirror. Anything that triggers you, that pokes your wounds, it's actually a mirror for your healing. And anytime your family is saying things that hurt, they're doing things that upset you, they are actually showing you a place where you still need healing. They are showing you a place where maybe you have not let love in. And for example, maybe somebody in your family talks about your weight, and that's something that you've struggled with for a long time. And uh, when my mom calls me fat or says I look like I'm bigger or compares me to my sister who's smaller, it really hurts. And it feels like our mom is doing it, but (laughs) this is a little tough concept for people to grasp. But I think like if you can grasp it, it's very freeing. It's not your mom that's hurting you. It's you that's hurting you in that situation. It's you that's believing that A, it's true that that your weight actually is a problem. There's something wrong with it. And B, yeah, that, (laughs) that the weight you are is just not okay. And it's really showing you where maybe you are just not in right relationship with your body right now. Maybe there's a part of you that is just really thinking that you're never going to be happy until you're a certain weight or that if you never lose this weight, you're less worthy. So yeah, it, it's, it really is your thoughts that cause the pain, not your mom's thoughts or not anything she's saying or not anything she's doing. And if this is kind of hard to grasp. I'll give you a couple other examples. Um, If you have blue hair, change the color. (laughs) Some of you might. (laughs) But let's say that you don't have blue hair and your uncle comes up to you and he's like, you know, Susie, I just hate your blue hair. What the fuck is that? And your hair is like, you know, blonde or brown. (laughs) And you're not going to be like hurt, right? You might be like, what the fuck? (laughs) Weirdo? (laughs) Are you hallucinating? Like, like that's going to be more your attitude, but it's not going to be like hurt or beating yourself up for having blue hair or being weird because you have blue hair because you know you don't have blue hair. So yeah, like, like you're, whenever you don't believe the accusation, then it doesn't hurt, right? And this can also be true for things when people are making fun of things that are true about you. So for example, my family used to, I used to be a vegetarian and then was not and recently became one again. But I remember back when I first became a vegetarian, my, it was like way less common to be one back then in the 90s. And I remember going to Thanksgiving dinner, not eating turkey, and my family like being just so, (laughs) having so many thoughts about that. They're like, this turkey costs a lot of money, and you're such a, a, like a, 
I don't know if we didn't have woke back then, but kind of the equivalent. You're such a hippie. Like, like, why are you being so weird and not eating meat? And none of it hurt because I never thought that being a vegetarian was a bad thing. I was 100% convinced that this was who I was. It was like who in line with my beliefs about animal welfare and the environments and the planets and my health. And just like there was no part of me that was in any way ashamed of being a vegetarian. So they could make fun of me for being a vegetarian like all damn day. It just like did not even bother me at all. Like I barely even would, I'd kind of register it, but not like feel anything. So I hope that kind of helps illustrate how like it's not the other person that's hurting us. It actually is us that's hurting us. Where are we believing? Where are we just, you know, receiving that painfully? Because there's a part of us that is just still wounded and not completely healed. Where's the place where we just haven't been able to love ourselves? And then when someone else doesn't love that about us, it really, it, it feels like hurt. So, so that's the problem. <laughs> What's the solution? So it really does flow from that. Anytime we feel pain around our family, just ask, what is rising to be healed here? If someone is saying something about your body or about your weights, maybe, and it hurts, maybe just ask yourself, where am I still feeling shame around my body? Like, where have I not fully accepted my body, loved my body just the way it is right now in this moment. That's that's your, your work, your study right there. If racist comments are being made and that just feels hurtful or uncomfortable for you because you're not a racist, I mean, I guess fundamentally, like systemic racism, like all white people like are <laughs> a little bit racist, even if we realize it or not. But, you know, you maybe you have a value that's different and you're like, I'm really trying to understand my own my own bias, my own you know place in this world as someone who has like undeserved power and undeserved privilege. And it, it's kind of hurtful like when your family is not in the same place. So yeah, that's your work. Just asking yourself maybe like where am I still uncomfortable with, with racism? And maybe where am I still uncomfortable speaking my truth? And maybe is there a part of me that's just grieving because I wish my family had different values and I feel like this this um this looking at race in different ways, for example, causes separation. It causes me to not feel as close to them. And like when there's distance, there's grief, there's pain. And a lot of times that is like one of the hardest parts about acknowledging your own privilege, like kind of starting to do that work with yourself is just to realize that yeah, like not everyone's coming with you at the same pace. I like to believe they're coming at their own pace, that they're going to get there someday. But yeah, it's kind of hard to see when it's in your face. So yeah, just kind of exploring that a bit. If you have parents that are comparing you to a sibling or parents that favor a sibling over you, this is a great, and you're noticing that at Thanksgiving, you're feeling pain over that. This is a great time to ask yourself, where am I not giving myself the love 
to fill that empty space that's kind of left by my parents. My parents are my parents. For whatever reason, they can't love me in the way that I really wish that they would. Maybe it's the way that they love my sibling or appears to love my sibling. We don't actually know what's going on in their heads, right? But, you know, for whatever reason, I feel like there's an empty space in me that's just not being filled with my parents' love. So how am I going to fill that for myself? That's your work if that's that's what's coming up. So why does this work so much better? <laughs> and it goes like this. And, and first of all, and last of all, first of all, last of all, I, I do want to acknowledge this is not easy work. It's a lot easier just to make it everybody else's fault and to really, you know, Sometimes it's just easier to be the victim and just be like, well, my family sucks and they hurt me and I'm justified in this hurt. I'm just going to, you know, be angry and sad and feel all the feelings. And I mean, not that that's especially like if something new is coming up, I do think there's maybe sometimes some grief that needs to be moved through and acknowledged and processed anytime there's a separation that's fresh or that's raw or that's new. But if this is the same old shit they've been picking on you about since 1992, (laughs) then here's what I really think is true. So when we stop looking outside ourselves for validation, for love, for acceptance, for belonging, for permission, and we learn how to give it to ourselves, we become incredibly powerful. We become almost like bulletproof. Like we can never be moved when we are the source of our own love, our own belonging, our own validation, our own authority. We're less likely to be swayed by other people's opinions when we can really love ourselves from the inside and nurture ourselves and meet our own needs. And when we're doing that, we can really be fine in any interpersonal situation, no matter what's happening. Your family may be a pain, but you may also love them and want to see them and want to spend time with them without getting hurt by them. And this is the way that you do it. This is how you can really enjoy the gifts of unchosen family, even when they're not perfect or treating us the way you you want to be treated or even really like deserving of your love. You're able to come in and just decide, you know, who do I want to be in this situation? And maybe you want to be someone that just shows up, spends time with family maybe loves them anyway, just because loving them feels good. Not because they fucking deserve it or (laughs) do everything right all the time, but because loving them is like way better for you and your, your health, your sanity, your happiness, your energy. Loving them is way better than just like being annoyed, being angry, wishing they were different. So yeah, this is the this is the way that you get there. This is the path that you walk. You really have to just look at like how do I do it from the inside? How do I give myself what I need? And how do I take responsibility just for, you know, how I feel around my family? And how whenever and that doesn't mean that you're not going to feel pain or things aren't going to come up, but That's also a decision to be like, hey, when something hurts, I'm just going to pause and ask myself, like, what's rising to be healed here? So I hope that's helpful. I hope that's not too hippy-dippy. You're like, yeah, this girl is, like, super woke and weird. (laughs) Yeah, no wonder her family is, like, so annoyed. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, so happy Thanksgiving to everyone who celebrates. Have a wonderful holiday. Um, however you celebrate, maybe maybe you don't do all the traditional Thanksgiving stuff because that's kind of a turn turn off. But yeah, maybe for you it is more of a day just of gratitude and looking back and just being thankful for everything you've been given. So however you celebrate, just wishing you so much joy. And I will see you here next week on the other side of Thanksgiving. Take care.